Under a Red Glow is an everything photography podcast covering the entire range of photography from chemical, darkroom, and alternative-based processes all the way to modern digital photography and beyond. Be sure to visit us at www.underredglow.com. And now your host, John Milliker Jr. Hello, and thank you for joining us for episode 104 of the Under Red Glow podcast. My name is John Milliker. I'm a full-time photographer who practices, teaches, and demonstrates nearly every photographic process in history, including modern digital gear and techniques. And with me in the studio is my co-host and lovely wife, Christine. She practices and demonstrates many processes as well and is our entry-level process kids class instructor. Welcome, Christine. Good evening. What's going on? This week has been a little less eventful than last week. Not a beer. <laughs> it has. It's been. It's been. Thankfully, it's been a little bit, a little bit on the lax side. Yeah. We are still trying to find a uh, a suitable repair place for our tents. We have had some some people kind of reach out to us. We've had some friends in the area also let us know where we might be able to go, and we've got some feelers out for that. To try to get the tent fixed or yeah. something. Yeah. Hopefully. In the meantime, we've uh, we bought some cool. Did we talk about the did we talk about the 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 tent for the easy up? Not yet. Last week, I thought we talked about that last week. I thought we talked oh. about getting something special last week. We're always seem to be getting something weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk a little bit about that. I got some interesting news and uh, and something kind of special to us at least after this word from our sponsors. All right, Christine. I thought we talked about the Easy Up tent. I don't remember. When did we get it? Um, this past week. Yeah, um, something like that. We just got it the other day. I think it. I thought it was after our podcast last Monday, week. Tuesday. Yeah, it must have been after the podcast. Anyway, we got a new tent because we're going uh, we're going camping this week, and and we've been we've been the reason I bring that up is because we've been thinking about getting an easy up canopy for when we're doing modern shows and modern events. And so we're on this easy up website and they've got this new, they've got this can this tent called the camping cube. And this thing, it's a completely boneless tent. And by bone, I mean, you know, it doesn't have any poles or anything, but it actually connects up underneath your canopy. And then there's Vel Velcro on the sides is a, in a big, Big enclosed tent. It's got the bathtub floor. It's got the big windows. It's got the big doors and all the little attic hooky doos and everything up top. And that thing is pretty cool. It is. That thing is really cool. Well, not only did we, did we buy that, we bought the the Easy Up Ten by Ten Endeavor. Yes. And because we're still a little gun shy on the wind, we bought the the heaviest duty one they've got. Aircraft aluminum frame. This thing can fly, apparently. Hopefully, no, we don't want that. <laughs> I was going to say, we, we don't, don't want, want it to fly. We anything flying, but it's aircraft aluminum. The legs are hexagonal and supposed to be super strong and super, super not heavy, but I know it's going to be heavy anyway. Probably going to be about 60 pounds. But, yeah, we're kind of looking forward to that. That may be our temporary home until we get all this tent stuff taken care of. Of course, we don't like going to any reenactments with... With modern stuff, thankfully we have a couple friends that said, "Hey, look, if you don't get your tent stuff set up in time, you can borrow, you know, whatever you need," which we're extremely, extremely thankful for. Yes, we are very, very thankful. We have good friends. We absolutely do. But anyway, this Easy Up, this Endeavor Easy Up, as I said, it's heavy duty. 
it's got you know different kind of weighing down options, different kind of tie down options. We can put our logo, you know, we can uh, get a logo made for it that'll stick on the front, and that'll be really cool for events. You know, still, still though, if if, if there's wind, and I don't I don't ever want to leave this up overnight because that's just that's just asking for trouble. Unless it's somewhere where we're immediately there. Yeah, right. There's no way we leave it up. I don't think without flattening it. I think with the easy up, I'm pretty sure it's you can take off the the covering, which is like the super heavy duty covering anyway. With you know with with grommets and and tie down points. I don't know if they're screwed in or bolted in or what, but yeah, if we ever need to leave it overnight and it was a secure location, we could take the top off. We can take everything from underneath of it and then just reset up in the morning. Right. Which would be nice, but I don't know. We're looking forward to it. It's going to take a little bit of time. It was uh, it was pretty expensive, but they were running a 30% off sale on the Easy Up website, which I thought was really nice. So we took advantage of it. Yeah, good took time. Took advantage to, of it. Good time to to want to do it. Absolutely. We've been wanting to do it for a while and we've uh, we don't do that many. We haven't been doing many modern events, but they've been ramping up. And we've been using this cheap, like, Swiss gear, 10 by 10 canopy. I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're real cheap. The the fabric is cheap. And and it's kind of weird because when you think about it, you can get these canopies on sale for between, like, 80 and $100, the cheap ones. And sometimes you can find sales. And my thought was, okay, well, you know, we're, we're talking about $1,100. That can buy 11 canopies. But the problem is, I'd, I'd, I'd rather just be one and done. And this has, the the poles are hexagonal, I think, instead of Hexagonal. Square. Instead of square <laughs> to make them stronger, it's supposed to be able to support more. And then easy up sells replacement parts. It's just, I think it's just less wasteful yeah. than getting 11. And I, honestly, I've been to events where wind gusts have picked stuff up and you know, that's a bad time. You hit somebody or, or one of those legs go through a car window. I, I want to do everything in, in our power to make sure that if we set up a modern setup, that it, it ain't going nowhere. And easy up sells these sandbags. I don't want sandbags. I, I, I know I've seen them online. I need to go on Amazon and see if I can find them. But I know they make uh, weighted down bags that you just fill with water. Okay. Because the problem you get a, you know, you get a, what was it? A 50 pound set of sandbags. That's 50 more pounds. And with the gas prices, the way they are, uh, you know, every pound brings your, your mileage down. Don't want that at all, but we're looking forward to it. Yeah. It's another, another thing to try out and see how it goes. Yeah. I need to keep an eye out for maybe a, uh, maybe a sale on easy up for, for getting the front, uh, the front banner doodad set up. Yeah. And put that in and, and design that up real nice. Figure out what we want to put on, on the front of it. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, the, the canopy itself is going to be a couple weeks before we get it. And But the tent we have now, and, and I tell you what, the, the camping cube tent, it fits in our cheap canopy. They say it won't fit on the, the really good easy up. Like this, this higher end model, it's not going to fit... I don't know why they say it's not going to fit, but we're going to try it anyway, and it and it just may. And as long as we can set it up and not and not worry about 
you know, damaging the the the, can, the, the tent. I say we do it, but here's a, this, you know, something that Christy and I were thinking about. If we ever go camping, you know, camping's been a little bit, a little bit odd. Probably a couple, you know, three or four years before the thing, camping has gotten bad. I mean, it used to be you could go to camping and you can leave your entire life in a campground. And you can go into town or go somewhere and, and you're not going to get stuff messed with. Right. People had a, a respect when you went camping. But lately, you know, you keep hearing about people getting stuff stolen, stuff, you know, stuff moved around. You know, I've, I've even heard from somebody say, oh, yeah, we had a nice camp. We had a nice uh, uh, canopy set up and really nice chairs. And when we got back to our campsite, there was a group of people sitting in our stuff. And we're, you know, they were thinking, like, is this our camp or what? But, I mean, camp, you know, camp people, the, the quality of people that went camping was never that bad. But lately, I don't know what it is. I don't know if some weird movie came out that made everybody say, oh, I want to go camping all of a sudden. But anyway, to get to get to my story, you're welcome. <laughs> I I would rather put that easy up camp cube on a cheap canopy than a you know, with the with, with before the sale, a $1300 high-end professional canopy. You know what I'm saying? I guess it depends, but yeah, I get it. But, but I don't I don't want to worry about it. Right. I don't want to worry about it. I don't want to sit there and say, "Okay, let's go. Let's go find a hiking trail and go hike somewhere or let's go visit this or that. Let's go out for dinner." And I don't want to worry about you know, with the canopy and the and the cube tent, $500. Uh, excuse me, $1500. I can math. <laughs> $1500 worth of stuff and that's not before you know, maybe you have some nice camp chairs. We have some some very nice camp chairs. Uh, Christy and I have uh, uh, steel frame portable hammocks. If I lost that, I'd I'd cry because they don't make them anymore. Yeah. And in fact, they don't make them anymore so much. We the the tops have worn out of them, and we needed to go you know find one of those ca- canvas hammocks that will that will hang between two trees and and make that work. You know, fit that to these hammocks. And it, it sucks. I don't want to have to worry about that thing disappearing. Right. And lately when we go camping, I mean, we hide stuff in the tent. And if there's anything that's of value, it's going in the car. Yeah. It just sucks. It sucks that people can't respect other people's things. Yeah. And, and that was like one of the last, the last places where you had that. You had that peace of mind. And that's gone. And people used to not walk through your campsites either. And now... Oh yeah, I had if it's to, the shortest route. I had to yell at a kid. What was it? The year before COVID, this kid comes down the hill, and, and we're the we're this this site off you know off the road, and this kid comes through. I mean, Christine and I are sitting next to the campfire, and he comes between, and probably three feet between me and three feet from the from the campfire, and Christine and and the kid runs, rides his bike through me between me and the campfire, hits his brake because he's almost going to eat crap. And sprays rocks everywhere. I had to yell, no, 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 no. You go around. And, of course, you know, kids being kids. But, I mean, it, it's, come on. Be a, be a better quality of people that go camping because that's, the, that's one of the last places that you can go and really enjoy yourself, not worry about stuff. You know, you're going there to relax. I don't want to hear loud music. I don't want kids doing wheelies over our campfire. 
I mean, right. I guess that could be cool. We can have a, you know, you and I can have a bottle of lighter fluid. And as the kid comes up and tries to jump the campfire, we can both squirt it. I mean, if you're going to, you're going to do death defying tricks, you might as well make them a little more dangerous, right? No, dear. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, really weird. <laughs> and yeah, so I guess that's all that's going on. We're getting ready for, you know, we're getting kind of packed up for camping. By the time this comes out, we will. I can't, I don't know. I can't math. So we'll either be back or we'll be almost back from camping. But yeah, should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Should be good. Have a uh, have a drone job tomorrow. I need to, as soon as we get done recording the podcast, need to get that set up, to get the batteries charged up. My stupid butt, I was at one of our favorite lounges today, and I pulled the drone SD card out to copy off stuff that I just haven't, just make sure I've got backs up, backups of things. One th- you know, personal fun event, I don't. And the and the micro SD card fell down between the chair and the cushion. Your big leather giant cushy chair. <laughs> and it goes between the the fabric and the chair and drops down in the fabric b- below. So now we we own a what is it called? A boroscope? We own a boroscope <laughs> that has a magnet and a hook on the end. I'm hoping that the the magnet should be able to pull the SD card once I find it, but the you know boroscope. And if anybody doesn't know, it's a it's a tiny little camera that's on the end of a it's kind of on the end of a cable, but the cable is 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 stiff, and you can bend it and you can make it go around. A lot of people use it to look down drains, or if there's an engine problem they can't get to, they can kind of move this thing in there and take a look. And it's got this nice big 4.3 inch whatever screen, and you can see things. And I also bought one of those little grabby things too. It's like this it's like this metal tube and there's a plunger on the end and if you push the plunger in these little claws come out and when you let go of the plunger they they retract and close at the same time. So if I can't get this darn micro SD card with that then I give up. But anyway, I do have a I do have a drone job before that I'm going to repurpose one of my other micro SD cards and and that'll be fine. And then we have another 360 shot uh, job on Monday which should be good. We've been doing, uh, we've been doing more of those going to locations and, you know, getting the 360 degree photos for them. And, uh, and that's been a lot of fun. I've been really enjoying doing more of that. Something I haven't done in a long time, you know, making, now I'm not making, making tours for these people. They'll, they'll eventually go up on like Google or something, but I, I also miss making virtual tours that are self-hosted. And if you go to our website, johnmilliker.com, and you go to the, the presentations and demonstrations, you'll see the 360s. I don't think I have any virtual tours with like that you can move around the space on the website. But uh, yeah, but 360 technology is pretty cool. We are and and we already complained about the Insta 360. Did we complain about the Insta 360 one inch? Thought we did. I think we did. Yeah, it finally came out, and well, the Insta. What was it? The DJI big thing was, or was that the Insta 360? What 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 came out with? It was DJI, right? With the 360 that went in your drone. Yeah, I think so. Something I think so. Like that. And then Insta 360 is like, oh, we got something new coming, and we're thinking, oh, is it better specifications? No, of course not. It's a one inch screen, a one inch lens, one inch sensor, whatever, and the exact same resolution for both video and photography. And I know I complained about it, and yeah, that pretty much sucks. There's supposedly new hard 
software and stuff, but what what's the use of new software if you're not Well, the larger your... the larger sensors will probably be good in lower light. But anybody who's been dealing with these 360-degree cameras since 5 years ago when the resolution was the exact same knows how to make the the camera perform in low light. Right. Knows how to set the settings to make that work. Knows how to shoot. Uh, you know, I'm not paying, I think the thing was eight, $900 for something that does the exact same thing as my 2018 Insta360 1X. Right. And it's kind of funny. I, I try not to be a jerk online, but people have been posting, you know, Insta360 must have sent out a bunch of demos to people. And so, of course, at the exact same time, and now we're getting like the stragglers. But everybody was like, oh, look at this amazing thing. And not one of them said, oh, it's the same resolution. Maybe that's why Insta360 will never send me a review copy. But, and I want to love their thing. I want to love their stuff. I like their software. I like everything else about it. But, you know, let's, let's be real here. Let's improve the camera. And like I said, it's likely a, it's likely a limit in technology right now. I have no problem with that. We're cool. We're cool with that. But when you when you get influencers to to market it as the the next biggest upgrade in 360 degree technology, it's not. Maybe low light, sure. But if you have an Insta 360 1X and I I recommend not not upgrading. But if you don't have anything 360, then get then get the 1 inch sensor. Absolutely. But if you already got something, it just doesn't really make sense. And in fact, it felt silly going from the me sphere, which actually, believe it or not, this, this, uh, Xiaomi Chinese knockoff 360 camera had better photo resolution than the Insta 361 X. And we now, still use it for that. We still do. However, the Insta 361 X did have better video resolution, and it was the difference between 5.4K and 5.7K. I mean, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Right. But the Insta 360 has a lot more technology as far as uh, horizon and and leveling. The software is a little bit better, even though we use Premiere Pro and we use the GoPro reframe tool. I can bring that in, and I can have the software level it or Let's say I just want to throw up a clip on Instagram or Facebook or whatever and not have to go through Premiere and, and completely, completely produce it. It makes it easy to say, okay, I want you to clip from here to here. I want you to tilt and shift and do all these things. It's pretty cool. But that's that's where my excitement lies. Uh, that's where it stops. Right. Yeah. What do we got for news? You found You found something cool and I found something cool. Um, what I found was an article about cutting off the head of photographs, which oh, let's talk about let's talk about the game bro the Game Boy camera first. Okay, <laughs> because sorry, this is going to put me in not going to put me in a bad mood, but it's going to put me into a mood of we're confusing newcomers. So let's talk about something else and and gadget dot com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, there is a um, let's see gentleman by the name of Christopher Graves, I hope I'm saying that right, and he is coming up with a a way to re, 
repurpose a Game Boy camera. And the Game Boy camera is a 128 by 128 pixel CMOS center, black and white, noisy, noisy, pixely. Pixely is the word I'm looking for. Pixely like crazy. And he put that, uh, he put this custom camera attached to a CS lens mount and a manual focus, verifocal lens. And let's see. The nifty thing about camera M, as he's calling it, is that it's possible to use an original Game Boy camera in place of the custom cartridge he hacked together. And, and the thing is, is um, Mr. Graves is, is thinking about producing these cameras. Okay. And I'm kind of excited. This reminds me, and I don't know if anybody, um, if anybody remembers these. Oh, what was it called? There was a video camera a long time ago when I was a kid. And it was a video camera that actually recorded to an audio cassette. Okay. And it was called the PXL 2000, if I'm if I'm not cor if I'm correct. Okay. And this thing was the lo-fiest, grainiest, nastiest stuff. But back when, you know, my parents had a video camera that that had a VCR basically in a pouch that went over your your shoulder. And the video camera, this big video camera, had a had all the cables that went into this VCR. And you were recording it on a VHS tape. That was, you know, kind of the early camcorder. But back when I was a kid, man, I've got my, even though it's crummy, it's terrible and it's horrible, I've got my own, I've got my own camcorder. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty cool. And, and later, uh, I had... I still have mine somewhere and I really should put it on eBay because there are people that are, that are, that are replacing the gear, the, uh, the belt in it needs to be replaced. I I've got it somewhere, but yeah. people were repurposing those and they were getting them working and then they were feeding them into a capture card and they were filming like this lo-fi video footage, which was awesome. Well, now we're kind of back at the same thing and it's a grayscale 128 by 112 photo. I don't know what happened to 128 by 128, but I'm sure it's something part of the process. Uh, Graves replaces the, the replace the pockets original screen with a black backlit IPS display, making it easier to use the camera at night, and an 1800 milliamp battery that can power everything for up to eight hours. And he even put a USB-C charger in it. Thank you, Mr. Graves, <laughs> for finally putting USB-C in a modern device. We also bought. What did we buy today? We bought a. Um, we bought one of those thermal printers that we finally that we've been talking about for months now. Yeah. And it's a battery powered receipt printer that's Bluetooth, and you can send cell phone photos to it. It uses custom and it uses standard paper. But we're like, okay, what's the difference between this one and the Pro model? And the Pro model has USB-C charging. The non-Pro yeah. model has micro USB charging. Come on, people. We're trying to have a civilization here. Let's move to USB-C finally. Yeah. But that's my rant. Anyway, this Game Boy camera looks pretty cool. The photos look completely awesome. And I'm I'm looking forward to keeping an eye on it because they're selling, he's either selling, going to be selling conversion kits or even complete kits. And, uh, and he told, I don't know who he told. He could have told Engadget that he's strongly leaning towards selling those kits and and I want to be first in line. That's really awesome. <laughs> I want to play with this. Of course it's it's not going to be it's not going to be for anything professional, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be pretty cool. I don't even know what kind of a 
I don't even know what kind of a an, an SD card or any kind of memory it has in there, but the, the sample photo has on the top of the screen 30 left. How cool would it be if it like had only 36 exposures? That could be interesting. Could be very interesting. But I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that it's likely going to turn a lot of people off if you only have 36 images. I'm sure there's going to eventually be a much larger micro, you know, micro, uh, micro US, uh, SD card or an SD card in there so that people can make 47,000 images on this camera. <laughs> the Game Boy camera uh, looks like it was released. Um, let's see. He's using a Game Boy camera. He's put, he's repurposing it into a mirrorless camera using a combination of a custom PCB and parts from a repurposed Game Boy Pocket a variant of a the 1989 model that was actually in 1986. He's transplanted the internals of the Game Boy into a shell. It looks like a Fujifilm XE4, and he put the camera, you know, blah blah blah, manual focus, verifocal lens. That looks like it's going to be really really cool, and I'm looking forward to to keep an eye on it. Like I said, the Game Boy camera is it going to be good good quality? Probably not. This thermal printer that we bought, it's black and white, 300 DPI. Lo-fi, we're not going to use it for anything but fun, but sometimes you just need to go out and have fun. You got to have fun. You got to make this fun. Mm -hmm. You got to photograph yourself too on occasion. So the article I found was from F Stoppers, and it's about a photographer who talks about why they choose to cut people's heads off. On purpose? On purpose. Why? And and it's telling you that you should do it also. Okay, let's let's talk about this. I I didn't read the article. I usually don't read the articles. I didn't read the article, but let's talk about portrait photography. By the way, the Insta three sixty released the all in one drone attachment. But I'm trying to find the article that you found on F Stoppers. Do you want me to send you the link? I'm trying to find it. It's about halfway down the page. Halfway. I didn't even find it. What's the, what's the title? Five reasons I crop people's heads off in headshots, and you should too. Five reasons. Nope. As you hear the the doodad noise thing, it's let me go to regular. Oh, I've been I've been going to like F Stoppers News. And keep going. Keep going. I've been going to F Stoppers slash News, which apparently has been. Um, you're almost there. Oh, there we go. Five reasons I crop people's heads off in headshots, and you should too. Let's talk about heads. Can you crop the top of someone's head off? Absolutely. Right. But it's not the end-all, be-all rule. Right. If I need to copy, if I need to crop somebody's head off, that means that I'm either either cutting down for a format that I need to match for production purposes, or I need to to go with a a crop that that is just making it difficult to work any other way. But what's, what scares me is you're going to have people that are just getting into photography, just getting to portrait photography says, Oh, I got to cut people's heads off. Okay. And you never cut like, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things. Uh, it's kind of one of those unspoken rules. If you crop something off, you know, obviously we all know about cropping hands and feet and arms. You never, you never cut on a joint. And, as far as the the top of somebody's head, I would rather have the crop down between the the hair part and the top of the head than 
have the crop leaving a little bit of space behind the person, but really, really close to the, the edge, right? Right. You kind of have that problem where some things are like really close to the edge and it looks awkward. Well, the same thing for cropping someone's head. If you crop just, you know, just a little bit, just a little bit of the top of the head is, is off the frame, is off the photo. It looks weird. But I think also a little bit, you know, the head that close to the edge looks weird as well. So if you don't have that extra space, I'd rather see a crop, as I said, between the top of the head and the, and the part. Because you need to make it look like, it's kind of like the Dutch tilt, which I'm not a fan of. You know, tilting your photos on purpose. If you take and tilt your photo a little bit, someone's going to say, oh man, your horizon's not level. So if you want to tilt, you better tilt enough so that people, you know, thinking, oh, they they must have they must have tilted it on purpose. Well, the same thing with cropping. And is it okay? Yes, but there's a time and a place, just like other photography rules. So now that I've said my piece, you've read the article. What is the what is the reasoning behind this? He gives five reasons, and we'll go through each of them. Okay, and we will talk about drum roll, please. Reason number five. Oh, I was going to start at number one. But... Whatever way the article performs. Sometimes the top five list is one through five. Sometimes they count down. I don't know. Number one says that it removes distractions and demands the viewer's attention. Okay. And it talks about pulling you into the expression. But it also looks like most of these photographs that he has down are more landscape than portrait. Well, I'm looking at one. The top one looks like a square. looks like a one-to-one -one ratio. The bottom one is definitely a landscape. It looks like a four by three landscape. And and like I said, there's there's a reason for cropping like this if you are stuck in a, a weird ratio. Right. And the problem is is I don't think it I don't think it draws me any further. And yes, you could you could eliminate distractions, especially if you you know you kept a a tree branch sticking out of the back, the, the top of somebody's head. But as long as you are, you are utilizing, you know, your colors, you're utilizing your, your composition, you're utilizing your contrast and, and your other pictorial elements and compositional elements, you should know a better way to, to engage the viewer into the eyes of the subject than going to a automatically cut their head off kind of thing. Right. And in it, in the article, he discussed how the background, if you have any space around, and usually it has to be a lot of space, that that just detracts from pulling you into the person. Well, is that what and, I just said? You know, if you've got some space, you, you want to have more space than less space. Right. Okay, so I, I kind of agree with him there. But you when you're, when you're making portraits of people, you leave a little bit extra space. There's some there's some subjects where you crop it till it says uncle and then you back up. People, especially like client stuff, you don't know if they want a five by seven, they want an eight by ten, an eight by twelve, an eleven by fourteen, eleven by seventeen, a twenty by thirty. You don't know what ratio they want. So therefore, you know, ease back on the crop, keep a lot of information. That way you don't find yourself trying to, you know, fill, you know, you, you have an image that's, that's so cropped in that when somebody wants a different ratio, now you've got to, you've got to 
invent pixels either up or down or give it a weird crop like this? Well, we'll we'll get to that later. Okay. Where where you crop it in camera or out of camera is is discussed at a later point. Okay, let's hear number two. Number two is cropping the head along with cropping the shoulder is even better. Oh, okay. Putting you on the edge so that a shoulder is cropped plus the head is cropped. Okay, I mean, we're looking back at, at, at typical masculine versus feminine um, movements. How you tilt the head, how you tilt the, you know, up, down, left, right, how you position them one shoulder up, one shoulder down. And that's all masculine, feminine kind of qualities that when you look at a photo, you have, you know, if you look at a, uh, if you look at a woman posed in one way, she can look more feminine. Where if you have a, a have her pose a different way, it's more of a, of a, of a masculine pose. So I understand that. Um, the photo here that, that the example is, and, and I just scroll between all of them and Every single photo, except for the very last one, which is an example, um, is it's answer. pretty much four by three. It's the exact same thing. Head cut off, shoulder is cropped from one side. There's the feminine pose underneath number two, and absolutely. I mean, when you when you have things, uh, it's the different compositional things. But yeah, absolutely. When you when you anchor something to a corner, you can definitely create more interest. So I understand that. Absolutely. This is more a headshot, and I I definitely like it. Except that she's got a uh, she's got an Egyptian symbol around her neck, and that is very close to the bottom of the frame. Yeah. I don't like that. That's what I was talking about. If you have something that's that's that close to the frame, it's almost it's almost kind of kind of crowding it. And right now, her necklace is crowded to the to the bottom of the frame, and what do you notice about this number two as well? It's also that that necklace is also centered, and I kind of draw my eye to it. It does, but what I'm talking about is she's she's in the left hand side of the frame, looking, and her head is tilted left. Typically, but her for, eyes are looking to the right. I understand. Her eyes are looking straight. Her eyes are looking at the camera. Her head's tilted to our left, and typically, that's one of your compositional rules. If you have something that that is alive and moving. A lot of times you want to give them that extra space. I think she would be, I don't know. I think she would be better off um, looking the other way, her head tilted the other way, and then, you know, tilt it towards the camera, look, and then point her eyes at the camera, I think would have been better. But yeah, this says it, his discussion point is that it gives a sense of movement, but she's looking in, in the opposite direction. So you want to know what's on that side, not what's on. Yeah, I around agree. her shoulder. I agree. But what that, do we have for number three? It's that it stands out in a sea of vertical headshots. So he is deliberately doing the landscape to make it stand out. I mean, let's let's talk about this. And and we talk about compositional rules and elements. There's no. I mean, we have the rules, but rules are meant to be broken. Right. You just have to learn the rules. Learn the rules first, then you can break them all. What if this is your if you feel that this is your style and all of your portraits are going to be in landscape, you do you, bud. I have no problem with that. But 99% of all corporate headshots, people headshots, uh, 
we call it portrait for a, a reason because the people are, it's kind of like when you go to YouTube and you're watching YouTube on a landscape screen with landscape eyes and they try to put a shorts clip in there and you have this tiny little sliver in the middle of your screen, which I guess for phone people is great, but people, everybody else that watches on monitors, on TVs like us, it's, it's awkward. And I also think that landscape for a, a portrait looks a little awkward. This um this guy underneath the third one with the with the the hair up and the and the mustard colored sw- shirt, I think it'd be more powerful without that negative space on the right. And you know what I'm going to complain about that the edges of that white part of the p- picture is. It's blown out. You can't tell the edge of it from the p- rest Where's of the, the page. Where's the edge? I was already bring, looking at that. Bring that white down just a little bit so that I can see the edges and it doesn't melt into the web page. Right this is your style that's fine but traditionally as someone who who's worked with worked with a lot of companies and people and personal with with headshots it's just this wouldn't fly this really wouldn't fly if, if, but if this is your thing this is in your portfolio people people like it do it do he, it do it do it he does specifically talk about how the background is simple and that it draws you into his expression instead of distracting you and but, absolutely his backgrounds are very simple but that kind of goes against his his number one which was saying that it eliminates clutter in the background yeah if you don't have clutter in the background anyway then that doesn't really make any sense i agree if you have a cluttered background and you're not shooting a a camera and lens combo that has that good shallow depth of field, then maybe you need to do something a little bit more crop in a little bit, a little bit closer, but yeah, even then I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. What else we got? Well, number four is never crop heads in camera. Thank you. I like that. So what he's doing, he's cropping on purpose. The example photo is, is badly colored. Um, the, the color is, is way off in this one when they're, when they're spot on in the other one. So this, this guy's very, uh, very bluish on under number four. And I'll put the, I'll put the link to this article in the show notes. You can tell us if you agree with us or not, but he's intentionally photographing these people with plenty of extra space. And he's, he's photographing, especially these completely blown out white backgrounds. You can generate more white background above their head. But this guy, I don't like how his one shoulder's up and one shoulder's down. He's um, kind of looking downish too. He is. He's kind of, his head's kind of tilted down. His, his eyes are looking forward. But absolutely, never crop in camera because you'll, you're always going to burn yourself. Give yourself, you know, zoom out just a little bit more and give yourself a little bit more space to work with because in camera, you're going to think you've got it right, but when you're sitting behind the your photo editor of choice, you're going to curse your your former self at at not giving yourself a little bit more space. Been he, there, done that. He does talk here also about how whenever it's corporate, they want vertical photos. So And and that's true. But that's true with that's true with portraits for people too. Yeah. I've now let's be honest. I've never delivered a customer a, a landscape shot, but I'm pretty sure landscape probably wouldn't fly. When you put portraits up in your house, unless it's a group shot, it's 
overwhelmingly portrait style, portrait mode. Yeah. And here, like I said, I'm, and I'm like I said, I'm not giving this guy a hard time, but you know, and it and it takes it takes new new people to shake things up. Maybe you know, maybe in uh, the next generation, or maybe in ten years, this is going to be the trend. But but right now, it's still not. So he could be on the on the cusp of a whole new trend. So I I applaud him. I applaud him for it. I don't have to agree with you, but I applaud you for for breaking the rules and trying something different. And I like that he's showing his style. But to say that everyone else should do it that way is where I kind of right disagree with him. Okay, what's number five? Number five is not every headshot should be cropped this way, which is okay. true. You have the ar- isn't the article titled Five Reasons I Crop People's Heads Off in Headshots? And you should, too. I guess you have to have a sensationalist kind of title. But five reasons. Let's, let's, re- let's retitle this. Five reasons it's okay to crop people's heads off if you need to. Four reasons and then a reason not to. And a reason not to. And that's cool. <laughs> I can respect that completely. Not everyone needs. And now this this lady under number five, a lovely blonde lady on a gray background with a black shirt. Look at all that negative space on the on the right and left. Yeah, I, I think this would be stronger if it was vertical. I want she's a vertical being. I want that vertical. I do like the lighting and that you can differentiate the black from the background. Now again, this is a style thing. You want extra negative space on the right and he's got it nicely gradiated see how you use the gradation tool to to pull your eye into the middle i just think it's extra yeah it's extra pixels that your viewer doesn't need to be looking at so what do you think what do you guys think about that let me know let christine and i know uh through email podcast at underridglow.com what else we got christine uh that was the article that was it well guess what episode this is this is our episode 104. 104. You know, so and I was doing some you. I was doing some math earlier and my 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 head was smoking and I was thinking like 104 carry the 1 I don't know what that means. 104 <laughs> divided times 2 carry the 1 divided by 4 divided by 52. This is our second year anniversary episode. It is. How about that? We've been doing this for 2 years. Two whole years. A lot has happened in those two years. It's it's crazy. It's been a crazy ride. So I kind of just wanted. Then we did this. We did with this with the one year uh, episode at, at episode fifty two. But I kind of want to take a little bit of time. You know, when you're when you're doing something like this, you you got a YouTube channel, you've got Instagram, you've got a a podcast, you've got anything that you're you're throwing stuff to the world to cons- to hopefully consume, hopefully enjoy and consume. I wanted to. Um, I, I you don't don't look at the analytics. Don't fret over views and likes and shares and this and that, because it's kind of like when you're trying to lose weight. You don't jump on the scale every day. Jump on the scale after 52 weeks. <laughs> okay, maybe <laughs> earlier than that. A little more often than that. A little more often than that, and then and then that way you see big numbers. And I kind of wanted to go through um, Anchor Anchor FM their analytics that we they have for us and then i kind of wanted to talk about uh, you know some of the other endeavors that we had we have uh, youtube we have patreon which i'm i'm super excited and grateful for the the fine people over at patreon if you would like to be part of the patreon community too you can get started for as low as a dollar a month a dollar a month you can't even buy 
Hmm. You can't even buy a stamp. Well, you can buy a stamp. I think they're moving the stamps up to a close to a dollar. I, I heard the U.S. Postal Service is is growing. So for a little bit more than a letter, sending a letter, you can be part of our Patreon community, and you get a lot of this uh, this good stuff. All of our videos, all of our all of our fun stuff early. Some uh, some supporter only stuff that we've that we put up there, and then uh, you also get access to our podcast after show too, which is pretty cool. It's usually about food, but it's it's pretty cool. And a lot of things early too. That's what I just said. Every everything we produce, except for you know, we almost died in a hurricane. Uh, even, but even uh, tornado, same thing. Not quite. Same thing. <laughs> but and uh, we put up the kind of the kind of cut up little things like this is what happened but we put up the gettysburg video which i think went public this week yes, i don't know that was on it went two, public but you get that early you get the after shows and uh at a little bit higher tiers we send you we send you goodies as well but anyway i i want to thank those people for for sticking with us for so long and we really appreciate it and it really uh that really helps keep us going but you know if you can't swing patreon just sharing us with your friends, commenting, uh, liking, and and you know just watching is or listening is really helping us out. And we want to thank everybody, no matter how you decide to give back, even if you decide to give back just with your your likes and your views and and your shares. We really do appreciate it. I am on the the dashboard of Anchor.fm, and I'm trying to find it's it's kind of funny seeing the seeing the different podcast performances uh, throughout the year. Our, our audience that we've done before, uh, we're, we're sitting at 82% of our audience is United States, 4% from the Czech Republic. Hello to those Czech Republic people. 3% to the United Kingdom. Hello to those people in the United Kingdom. 3% in Canada. America's hat. No, I can't say that. Don't say that. Who said that? Did you say that, Christine? I did not say that. We love our Canadian friends. We love with We love Canada. I wish we can go back. Is is the restrictions on the whole COVID stuff, is that over now? I don't know. I, there's a lot more travel available to people. We went to, uh, Christine and I went, and we did this cathedral tour up in Canada, up in the eastern part of Canada. That was really good. I want to do that again. I'd like to do it maybe not with the bus trip. We were on a bus trip, and getting across the border into Canada was super simple. Getting back into the United States, it was like two and a half hours and the AC and the bus died and it was just terribly miserable. Absolutely so, miserable. So, so the miserable part came from coming back to the United States. The happy part was being in, in Canada. Yeah. 2% Germany, 2% Netherlands. And then we have listeners in Australia, Russia, Brazil, Sweden, and Ireland. Oh, India, a whole bunch of people. Algeria, Spain, Taiwan, Singapore, Iceland, Nigeria, Costa Rica, Italy, Ukraine. I mean, it's it's just amazing that there are English speaking people in some of these some of these non English speaking countries <laughs> that are that are, are are checking out our podcast. And I really appreciate that. Really, really makes us happy. And and what looking at the analytics like this just kind of kind of fuels us for another two years of of visual arts in a audio only format. As far as listeners, we have uh, 15% of you are listening to us on iHeartRadio. 
14% on Spotify, 13% on Stitcher, 11 on Anchor, and 47% on Other. Did you do the math on that? Is that 100%? No. Close enough. I, I did not do the math, so I can't tell you for sure. Our, uh, our gender-specific things are uh, 75% of you are male, 17% of you are female, and 8% of you do not specify. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, let's see, age. Age groups, 33% of you are 28 to 34, 17% of you are 34, 35 to 44, and 50% of you fantastic film-loving old-timers are 60 or more. And... Uh, I hope, I hope you guys are still working in, in the film stuff. If not, maybe you're living vicariously through us. Let's see what we have. Devices, iPhone people, 38%. Android, 23%. Web, 11%. Mac, 8%. Microsoft Zune, 1%. I made that up, by the way. <laughs> you remember the Microsoft Zoom? What a, what a mess. No. And others, 20%. So cool. Let's look at episode rankings. Still at number one is our episode one introductions. Of course, nothing has ever come as high as episode number one because everybody listened to us, thought we were morons, and then decided not to listen ever again. At least that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> oh, let's see. Um, we must have gotten, uh, we uh, talking about the viability of alternative processes, that's uh, number two. Uh, dealing with extended downtime, number three. A, the the episode where we talked about um, being able and having the honor of representing Civil War photography at Antietam National Battlefield in Sharpsburg, Maryland, that is number four. And then a lot of stuff, uh, pinhole photography is up there. A lot of our listener questions stuff is up there. What are the different, I got to click on this. What are the different classes of chemical photography has, uh, has a, a high end? That was episode 69, by the way. Nice. <laughs> and then, and then a lot of the 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 COVID or the thing stuff. When we first started, we we were right into the you know we were deep into the the lockdowns and the shutdowns and the and the do downs and the whatever downs, and nobody knew what was going on. It was it was fifteen days to slow the spread, but that fifteen ended up being times forty seven or something. And we talked a little bit about mental health. We talked a lot of bit about mental health because not only were we going through it, but we had a lot of you guys reach out to us and talk about, uh, you know, kind of just, and we were, we were so honored to have those emails, you know, kind of like you know, we were the voice, we were some weird voice in the darkness and, and it was okay to not know what was going to happen. And still we're, we're kind of on the tail end of the thing. And, and we still don't know what's going to happen. The world is in a, a massive mess and it's okay to be scared and it's okay to be unsure, but you got to look after your mental health. And we had a lot of episodes on, on producing, on getting out there and doing something. If you, if you feel like you want to stay at home, stay at home. Here's what you, you know, here's what to photograph. Here's what to spend your time, read, watch, consume photography stuff. You've got time now, read books. If you're a, if you're a photographer or anything like us, you've got a You've got hundreds of books you've probably never even cracked open. Open up one or two, read them, take notes, watch videos, take some online classes, online lessons, whatever, and really put that time to good use. But but those were our most most listened to episodes. Um, Anchor's got one that's um, uh, 
it's showing uh, so many views on a, and the episode is blank, so I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> we had a blank episode? I guess. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't give me an episode number. It doesn't give me a thing, so I'm thinking Anchor might be kind of kind of freaking out on that. Um, and uh, let's see. And our guess what our lowest listen to episode is? Which one? Last week's. Well, it's been out the least. <laughs> yeah, we get we get a lot of good views on. Uh, we get a lot of great views. Uh, I guess I should say shouldn't say views. I should say listens. We have a lot of great listens as soon as it goes up. But a lot of people kind of, I can tell that that sometimes people will will listen to a bunch of episodes and then take a break and then listen to a bunch of episodes and then take a break. So I'm thinking that's the people that may, that may download podcast episodes and then listen to them when they're maybe taking a trip or something. Uh, we are available on Spotify, anchor, Apple, Google, overcast, Amazon, Castbox, pocket casts, radio public and stitcher. If you're on Castbox, let me know because I have no idea what that is. And I think, um, I think Spotify is iHeart iHeartRadio. Or is it App? I don't or is it Amazon? I don't know. I don't know. I don't listen to podcasts. I Can't lost track a long time ago. Yeah. I know we are on every every platform possible that I that I know of. I know we're I think Amazon Music was the the last one that we uh that we signed on to, but that's that's been a couple months now. Yeah, that was at the beginning of the year, wasn't it? Or yeah. Close to it. Uh, during these podcasts, uh, you know, I learned a lot more about audio editing. I'm still not great at it, but I think uh, I think I'm I'm okay, and I'm hoping I'm not you know annoying anybody with bad audio quality. But uh, we've gotten down, or I guess I should say I've gotten down. Christine hasn't edited edited a episode yet, but I've gotten down a very good workflow that I that I enjoy, that makes it easy. Uh, as soon as we bring in the episode, as soon as we're done with the after show, and we and we say goodbye to those fine folks, we uh, I we sign off, and then I I start pulling the the audio files from the mixer from the mixing board, and then that takes that takes about it takes longer than it should, but we are talking about multiple four gigabyte files, so those four gigabyte files come in. We record in multi track, so therefore there's like twelve different tracks. And the different tracks are my microphone, Christine's microphone. If we have, you know, if we're playing any audio from the computer, we have that. We have the the cell phone. We have two cell phone uh, or landline inputs. And that's how we, we interviewed Quinn at episode 100. And we also have the the mixing, the, the soundboard, which is what we, we use to play the intro music and to play the outro music as well. So there's 12 different tracks and then I can mix those in and up and down however I want. And, and that really makes things a lot easier. I can then mix Christine and my voice as close to as possible. Hopefully when I smack my microphone, like I just did, I can pull them out, but I always forget. So I do apologize that you just had to listen to me smack my microphone. I'm totally going to forget about this in two hours when I edit this, but that's pretty cool. That's made things a lot easier. It's difficult with, you know, you can, I can make the files so much smaller and just send over the right and left. And I've got a mix and I've got a balance on the mixer. And that's never fun because I, I might mix something wrong. 
I may, uh, you know, play the intro music and forget to take it down, or I may play the outro music and forget to take it up. I can do that in my audio editing program. And even though I've got uh, Adobe Audition, I love the open source freeware Audacity program, which I'm pretty, I know it's available for PC, probably available for, available for Mac too. So if you ever do an audio project and you're looking for a good audio editor, they do good normalizing, good compressing, uh, spectral stuff so that if something is, is, is being weird in the background, I can go in and I can kind of rip that, that frequency out. Really cool thing. Really cool thing. And, uh, and at some point, maybe next week, uh, I'd like to give some insights because we've had some people, we, our, our YouTube channel has been kind of uh, snowballing a little bit and I'm, I'm really happy for that. We don't have a new video for this week, but, um, hopefully, uh, during our, our camping, I think Christine is, is going to be doing some, some experiments, some photography experiments. And we, there is a photography museum in one of the towns that we are, are traveling to. And we're hoping we're going to get in there and maybe get some video there as well and share that with you. <clears throat> that may even be a podcast episode too. And hopefully be able to talk to the, the curator and, and see, just see what the, what the history of that is. But I figure we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Maybe we could talk a little bit more about our, our strategies with Patreon our strategies with Instagram and Facebook I will say that I put a lot of money into Facebook ads for the Gettysburg event. Just for it to be cut short. Well. That was no one's fault. I'm a little bit more worried about the way the ads were handled. First of all, I placed a $25 ad because I had spend $20, get $20. And I figured, okay, I'll put 25 bucks then I have 45. Well, not only did they not take the $20 and good luck getting a hold of a person at Facebook, but not only did they not take the $20, but they, the, the maximum your amount you're willing to spend is, is not a hard, it's not a hard limit. It's kind of a guideline. I spent $39 of my own money. Didn't get the $20 freebie. Had had a ton of views ton of views mm-hmm. well not really a ton i had a ton of views from that was that was from my page but ad views let me look it up i have it right here ad views was not good at all and the whole marketing campaign was to get people to message me i had more people call us and i didn't have my phone number on on the ad I had more people call us, didn't know anything about Facebook or the ad or, or saw the event. And five minutes before my, my ad campaign was, was to end, I got a bot messaging me, um, what are my hours? <laughs> yeah, I got a bot. I looked at it. It was like a new account. It had like six, six friends. And then I had one other, I, excuse me, I had two. And I have another guy that came through and, and wrote um, tintype question mark. And, that, and I said, and I, I sent a nice message. I'm like, well, you know, we were offering tintypes. However, because of a storm, we had to pack up. We are no longer at this event. We were going to be there tomorrow. We're not. Please check our, uh, please check our Facebook for information. Then it was like Amber type question mark. And I'm like, Either this guy's messing with me or it's a bot. And, uh, and I, I kind of ignored it. It's like I gave, I gave him my information. There you go. 
And then I started getting like streams of weird emojis and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to block the person, but I'm going to mute them because yeah, this is, this is kind of weird. So I think that I got some bot accounts and I'm not blaming Facebook for anything, but it was really awkward that minutes before my ad was to, to go through, which had, which generated no native messages through the ad and generated more buzz through my people that already liked like the Facebook page or whatever. And then I get these two messages right before it ends that that equaled nothing. It equaled zero sales, equaled zero interest, and it equaled zero coherency was awfully weird. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? I've been burned by that before. I just got burned by it again. So yeah, I'm going to put that again. money somewhere else. I'm going to put ad revenue somewhere else because, uh, yeah, that sucked. Yeah. A lot of people saw us more than normal. I did see that on our post. Absolutely. Absolutely. We did have a lot more views, but that was not the – you could set different th- – you could set goals for Facebook ads. And the goal was to encourage people to message and, and I had, uh, we had no, no comments or, or very few comments, but it was people that already liked the page and I set up everything. The weird thing about Facebook is like, okay, you want messages? Well, when somebody messages you from this ad, it's going to give them these four questions and somebody can like click, okay, well, what are your times? Do I have to have an appointment? And then you have the automated responses of so somebody, when you click from a, an ad message, it shows up with like the, the, the FAQ, the frequently asked questions. And not one person clicked on any of that. And yeah, it was weird. Sounds it. Weird, weird, weird. But oh well. I have no idea how that works. Me neither. Kind of crazy. Well, Christine, I think we are, woo, we are almost done. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's enough talking about that. We talked a little bit about that cropping headshots, yes. cropping off, cutting off people's heads, replacing them with a brain from Abby Normal. You know what that movie's from? We just talked about it this week. Um, what movie is what's that? What movie is Abby Normal from? I don't remember. Young Frankenstein. Uh, remember, Igor went to go get the brain for uh, Gene Wilder, and uh, he he totally passed the brain, and he got a brain from somebody named Abby Normal. When it really was abnormal, and that's why Frankenstein uh, did uh, putting on the Ritz and then freaked out at fire. I don't think I ever saw that. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. Well, we're going to hurry up and get out of here, and we're going to do the after show. And then I'm going to make Christine watch Young Frankenstein with Gene Wilder because that is just a travesty. I I would not have married you if, if I knew you didn't ever see Young Frankenstein. I think I've seen scenes from it, but never watched the whole movie. Don't be backpedaling right now. I've seen parts of it, but I've never seen the whole movie. Let us know what you think about about the the cropping off the heads. Do you do it? Do you not do it? Do you do it entirely 100% of the time? Do you not? uh, Or do you use it as as we always say photography is just a tool in your toolkit? You can connect with us on our Facebook group or uh, through email. I can't talk. Through email at podcastunderredglow.com. And as always, your comments just might make it for a future episode. And as always, a big thank you to everyone. For, for, I can't talk, Christine. Let me take a sip. 
<laughs> I'm drinking a, a refreshing beverage called Moxie. It is the official soda of Maine. It is very tasty. It is very tasty. Some people hate it. You either love it or you hate it. It's a cross between like a root beer and a cola. You can only find it Pennsylvania because there's a bottling plant there. Or I gotta, make sure I, I gotta make sure I don't run out my, my audio file here. <laughs> or the New England area. Uh, if you've ever tried Moxie, let me know too. And as always, now with a with with wet lips, and always a big thank you to, to everyone for continuing to join us. All the love and support we've received from people liking us on Facebook, subscribing and rating us on your podcast platform of choice. And also a big thank you to our Patreon subscription supporters. We're starting at just a buck. You can get our show earlies with our supporters after show. All without ads. Be sure to check out our supporter tiers, which are geared towards bringing you on our photography projects with great rewards. All of our links can be found in our show notes and also on www.underredglow.com. And now with episode 104 down, it's been our absolute pleasure spending this time with you. Please be sure to subscribe to Under Red Glow. And if we've earned your recommendation other photographers of any skill over our process, we would certainly appreciate you sharing us with them. A big thank you to my co-host, Christine Milliker, and of course, everyone for listening. If you're listening on Patreon or our supporter page, stay tuned for the after show. Thanks for tuning in to year two of the Under Red Glow podcast. And we look forward to visiting with you next time. Christine, that was very. <laughs> I don't remember the response. Goodbye. Goodbye. Professional. Too late. <laughs>